welcome to mini episode 33 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? I've got three spooky tales for you today. Excellent. Story number one comes from Elizabeth. When I was in college, my parents became house managers for a group home. The house was an older home. And as much of the story depends on the layout of the house... I'll take a brief moment to describe it. From the front door you entered into the living room. A wide arched doorway led to the dining room, then another open doorway led to a small office room, and one final open doorway led to the kitchen. From the kitchen there was a door that led to a newer built part of the house where my parents and my little sister had their own space. The first room was my sister's bedroom. Then there was a little hallway where the bathroom was and the hallway ended at my parents' bedroom. If both of those back doors were open, you could sit on the couch in the living room and see straight to my parents' room at the other end of the house. The clients' bedrooms were on the right side of the house and do not factor into the story. I don't know when things started to happen. I think it subtly began with little experiences. There would be items that went missing or were moved. In the front of the house, that wasn't a big deal, because it could have been the clients. But items in the back apartment moving or going missing was troubling, because the clients didn't go back there. It was odd. My mom and sister would usually come home from work or school and go back to my parents' room where there was a sitting area to watch TV. My dad would usually come home from picking up the clients and hang out in the living room so he could be available to them. So it wasn't unusual for my dad to come home and not pop in directly to say hello. One day, my mom heard someone opening drawers in the kitchen and called out for my dad to come and talk to her. When he didn't come, she went to find him and saw that no one was home. And this happened many times. By then it was becoming apparent that something spooky was happening. This was only the beginning. My dad began to hear things. At first it was someone calling his name. He would think it was my mom and go to find her. And then find out that she hadn't called for him at all. Then the voice began to call him dad. Other strange things began to happen. Once my dad was sitting in the living room and watched a stack of papers that was sitting on a shelf in the dining room fly straight out horizontally and drop down to the floor about three feet from the cabinet. It wasn't anything that he could explain, because there was no breeze in the room, and it was a very unnatural movement for a stack of papers, even if there had been a breeze. Another time when I was home, my mom, sister and I were planning on going somewhere, and we walked through the house and out the door. For some reason, I remember seeing some of the breakfast things still on the dining room table. But we were in a hurry, so we didn't do anything about it. When we got out of the house, my mom realised she didn't have her keys. And since no one else was home, we had to call my dad to come and let us back into the house. Luckily, he was only about five minutes away, so we just stood in the front porch and waited. When we went into the house, we were greeted with cereal all over the floor from where the box had fallen off the table. 
The only problem is that the box had been in the very middle of the table and there was no reason it should have fallen over, much less be on the floor. For me, that was really unnerving because I'd been standing by the front door waiting and if I had just looked through the rather large door window, I would have had a direct view of the table. This next bit of the story I coaxed from my dad, who was very reluctant to tell it. One night, my mom was back in the bedroom when my dad came in very pale and wide-eyed, asking where my sister was. She had been taking a long bath. I think my dad got his answer and wasn't going to say any more, but my mom knew something was up and he told her this. He had been sitting on the couch and looked up to see my sister peep her head through the doorway to her room. But it couldn't have been my sister, because he could see straight through the girl. So now we knew there was a little girl haunting the house. It wasn't very scary because she seemed to be playful more than anything. One day we came across a book about hauntings in our city. One of the stories told of a little girl named Margie that happened to haunt a building that we could see from our back bedroom. We thought it sounded a lot like our little ghost, so we started calling her little Margie too. Many things happened over the several years my parents lived there, but this is my favourite. Our Christmas Eve tradition is to spend the night with my parents. It means squeezing a lot of people into a small space. This particular Christmas, I slept on my sister's twin bed, my husband is on the floor on an air mattress and our newborn son was in a travel bassinet. I was ready to get our son to sleep, so I grabbed his pacifier and climbed into bed to get comfortable as my husband handed the baby to me. Somehow I had lost the pacifier in that very short space of time and within only a couple of feet. This was no good because he really needed it to go to sleep and we had only brought the one, so we started looking for it. Naturally, we looked in the most obvious places first, but when we couldn't find it, we started shaking out the blankets and even pulled the bed out from the wall to look. It was just nowhere. My mom came to the rescue with a different pacifier and we got my son to sleep. As a last resort, I half-jokingly said, Little Margie, if you took the pacifier, I'm not mad, but I'd really appreciate it if you could give it back or if you didn't take it, if you'd find it, that would be really great. Then we went to sleep because Santa was coming after all. Way too early on Christmas morning, we piled into the living room to open presents. I needed to get something from my bedroom, and when I walked in, placed very obviously on my pillow, was the pacifier. I thanked little Margie and went on my way. A few years ago, the company my parents worked for decided to switch some things around, so my parents and the clients moved to another house. I felt sad to be leaving little Margie. Since she called my dad dad, I thought of her as my ghost sister. I'd wanted to go buy her a doll to toss up into the weirdly inaccessible attic room in the house. But the move just went so quickly that I didn't get around to it on time. Sometimes we wonder if she followed them, but we can't know for sure. I hope she's happy wherever she is. I'm in strife over this story. 
Why? Because it's a little girl ghost, so I should hate it, but I kind of feel a bit sorry for her. I feel a bit sorry for her too. Calling the dad, dad, yeah. and I—I I don't appreciate the peeping out of her no. sister's bedroom. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be thankful for that. You're not one for peepers, are you? But you know, finding the pacifier, leaving it on the pillow—I love stuff like that. Yeah, don't know how to feel. I'm torn. Are you also Natalie and Brulia? Oh, I was going to sing them, but I couldn't remember the words. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. Normally, these stories about little girl ghosts, I get quite freaked out. But for some reason, I feel a bit, a little bit drawn to her. Like, feel a bit sorry for her. Yeah. Say if she's haunting that place, there's there's little girls of her age, or in and around her age. Like it must be quite. It must have been quite satisfying for her or quite comforting for her if it is a little girl ghost you know to have girls her own age a family and then other people in the form of the clients that stayed mm. in the home too so there was like loads of life in the house yeah obviously if you sack vegans it's a demon but i yeah. don't think it is in this case <laughs> i really don't think so either i think she's just a little girl am i getting a soft spot for little girl ghosts that sounds really wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. Reframe it. Reframe it. Uh, let me see. <laughs> Am I becoming less afraid of Am little girl ghosts? Am I becoming less afraid of little girl ghosts? That's the question. Maybe. Who are you? I don't know. Concerning times. I think 30 days of terror broke us both. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> so now we're just like, not afraid of anything. Story number two comes from Cat. A few weeks ago... Dan was asking if anyone had any dream within a dream kind of stories. I did. And it was pretty damn weird. I'll get into it, but it won't take long, I promise. My boyfriend and I moved into an apartment that was the top floor of a house. Lights were often left on when the others swore they had turned them off, etc. We chalked this up to the fact that there were two other apartments below us, and maybe it was just strange wiring. One spring, I rode my skateboard down a big hill I had no business trying, and I broke my leg. I ended up in a full cast that stretched from my upper thigh down to my ankle. It was so big and cumbersome that sleeping in a futon, I was in university and couldn't afford a real bed, was unbearable. My whole leg would go numb, I started sleeping on the couch in the living room. One night, my two cats must have been making more noise than usual because it woke me up. I could hear them tearing around the kitchen. Suddenly, they ran down the hall and into the room I was in. Both cats jumped onto the armrest of the couch near my feet. Both cats were craning their necks down the dark hallway. Then, at the same time, Both cats seemed to slowly watch something come into the room that I was in. They remained seated, but their necks slowly turned as they watched something come into the room and continued to stare for a minute or two at whatever it was. Needless to say, I slept with the TV and the lights on that night. Cats are fucking creepy. Now to Dan's request. In the same apartment a few months later... I was back to sleeping in my bedroom. One night I woke up to find a dishevelled older woman crouching at the foot of my bed. She was clawing at her face and screaming at me. I was so fucking scared that I screamed back. And that was when my scream woke me up. I don't think I've ever remembered a dream like that before and it was terrifying. 
Overall, the apartment didn't have a creepy vibe, but strange things happened there. And cats are assholes. Who knows? Maybe they just thought it would be fun to mess with me. I know you sent this story in for a specific reason, but I just need to talk about the cats looking at something. That is creepy. Because if they're all running around in the kitchen and then all of a sudden they come and jump in and then they watch something walk in that you can't see. Bim does this watching quite a lot, but often it's this, it's not very logical, is it, bless her? No, we, we do think she <laughs> might be blind or at least not very well able to see at all. That's yeah. a recent discovery. Yeah, so I'm not sure that there's any reason with her little viewings to be scared, but I'd imagine if two sort of able-bodied cats started looking... And they do, the cats do when they're when they're young and sprightly, they do that tearing around the house yeah. thing every so often, randomly, yeah. for no reason. For them to be doing it at night time, I think I'd be like, oh, that's woken me up, that's annoying. But I wouldn't be frightened by it, but I would be frightened by them coming, sitting and watching yeah. something in unison. Yeah. It's very, uh, Dear David, because yeah. remember his, he had all those videos of his cats and yeah. they used to like watch Dear David and stuff. Yeah, but we don't know how Adam did that. Because we know why, dear David, it's happening, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Adam did it either. Adam Ellis, if you're listening, can you please hit us up? Because I am desperate to know. Yeah, give us a scoop once you've, you know, once you made a movie. Um, I've not really had dreams had that much of a, of an effect on me until recently. And there's a thing. There was a an uh, an article written somewhere. Maybe it was like the New York Times about how dreams so during quarantine during lockdown people's dreams were being more impactful and more vivid i guess because everyone's at a heightened state of anxiety but we were away a couple of weeks ago and i had this horrific dream which i'm not gonna go into i'm not gonna it was basically a dream about me and dan but in my dream we were doing stuff in our dreams but not realizing so we were like wrecking places and it was really horrific and the culmination of the dream was that Dan was in on this whole big conspiracy the entire time. We Always were actually in, on the in a hospital and he was trying to shove an, a needle into the roof of my mouth. And it was horrific. Like it was so frightening. And I don't usually like my nightmares and stuff. They don't usually impact me in that way. And I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning sobbing. Like I was so upset. And I turned on the light and I woke Dan up. And I was like, I've just had this really awful dream. And in my dream, you were really horrible. And you did all of these things. And you tried to put an injection in my mouth and blah, 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 blah. Then I just went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I took about two hours to go back to sleep. That's not the point. Um, imagine if Kat had woke up, seen the woman, screamed, woke up, seen the woman, screamed, woke up, see the woman, screamed. And it's just like an endless loop for like an hour. That would have been no, terrifying. That, that freaks me out because then you would be like, am I actually awake now? When you'd finally legitimately wake up, you'd be like, but am I awake? Yeah, it's a little bit like, and this is quite a niche reference, but if you've seen the film Divergent, which I watched the other night, there's a bit where they're in like train, divergent training, facing their fears. And part of that training, she's in a fear where it it looks like she's gone back to normal, but she hasn't actually. It's part of it. It's like the next fear. But then that left me for the next 20 minutes of the film going, has she actually woken up yet? Because it was like that continuous... She oh, had it, but it just wasn't clear from the film, and it made me think of that. Thanks for the evidence, Kat. I appreciate it. And our last story today comes from Tara. Listening to your episode on Dear David, you talked about the use of sleep recording apps and how you'd be afraid of what it might record. After watching numerous films depicting the same event, suddenly realizing you're being possessed, abducted, and probably anally probed. 
I definitely had the same fear. However, during my second year of university, I started grinding my teeth badly. To clarify, I didn't saw down my fronts. I would grind together my molars. I would wake people up, be unable to move my jaw in the morning and so on. To see what all the fuss was about and see how bad it was, I downloaded the Sleep Talk app, only recording when it detected noise. Now at this time, my second year house was a typical small terraced house, which many of the streets in Cheltenham have. They were built for the hundreds of workers in the brewery and the railways. Lots of these houses are old and have cellars. Over the years, they've slowly been brought up, developed, and the majority are let out as student houses. My room was in the newly refurbished cellar, along with another bedroom and a bathroom. My window was a fire exit window, a large double-paned window which could open out onto the paved garden at the rear. Let me stress that our house was not haunted or anything similar. I've had many other experiences of seemingly paranormal events, albeit a Tudor house when I was a child, and I was working in one of the oldest pubs in the town at the time. I'd like to think that I'm open-minded, However, the thought of things like this being real often frightens me into a sort of denial. Despite this, there was a weird sense in my room at times, and I often put it down to my obviously torturous brain and memories of horror films. So my usual habit was to place my phone on the windowsill behind the curtains, as this was close to the head of the bed. I would then look through my iPad the next morning while listening to the recordings. Mostly, they were the excruciating sounds of teeth grinding. Except once. I was at uni during a half-term or another holiday time. It was only me and one other housemate in the house. I went to bed, same as always, and continued my routine in the morning, listening to the recordings while scrolling through social media. As I was listening to one very long recording... I noticed that I could hear myself breathing heavily. But then I took a sharp, deep breath in. I then didn't breathe. The recording continues on. And it's silent. All of a sudden, as clear as day, a female voice whispers, Let's have a look. Close to the phone. It falls silent again, and then a few seconds later, I exhale a loud, deep breath. Now, please note that I never have, or do, talk in my sleep, and people I have heard do not seem to speak as clearly as the recording did. It also wasn't me. It wasn't my voice. I checked with my housemate. He hadn't been in. My window had been locked and I didn't recall any surrounding noise. Remember, my window opened to a paved enclosed garden, which was not accessible unless through the house. I replayed the recording many times, trying to work it out. But still, to this day, I cannot provide a logical reason. I stopped recording soon after. That has made my skin crawl. That, I nearly stopped reading about seven times during that just to <laughs> just to express how frightened I was. 
Oh, that is a nightmare. I mean, that just confirms why we were not into those sleep recording apps, weren't we? We were, all saying it, we were both saying it wasn't such a good idea because you never know what you catch on it. That's a good example. Like, I would love to do it because I'd love to hear the shite that I talk in my sleep and mm. the things that I say to you. Because in the morning when you're like, oh, you did this in your sleep last night, it was really funny. Like, I would like to be able to hear it back. <laughs> but again, I am also really frightened that I I'd, I would burn the house to the ground. I would take my phone and drop kick it down the stairs if I heard some creepy shit on a recording in the morning. The only thing I will say is that, unlike Tara, our house has a lot of background noise. We've got two very close neighbours that we can hear stuff that's going on in the house. And we I always sleep with the window open so we can hear yeah. the street noises. So it would be very easy to rationalise it unless it was like, let's slice ever open or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, In which case it would be you <laughs> saying that. And the other thing is that regularly at night time people fight on our street yeah, exactly. or people come home drunk and they're having full conversations outside mm. the window and it, you could wake up and think they were in the bedroom yeah. like it's that loud. Yeah, yeah. There is one man who walks by our window at nine o'clock every morning. Have you heard him? Singing the calling. Singing. Yeah. yeah. And it's sometimes the calling which is a great song. And sometimes, and it's often other songs, but he has a great voice. He's got a really good voice and he bops along at nine o'clock every morning, singing at the top of his voice. And I've never looked at him. I've never, because I, I, usually I hang out the window and watch everything that's going on in the street. But whatever is it is true. about this man, I'm like, I don't look at you because I quite enjoy the positivity that you bring to my morning. So I'm just going to, just going to let it go. You keep doing you. If you enjoyed this week's episode, you can find everything that you need to know about us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. You can find the links to our social medias. You can find our email address to send your story to. You can find the link to our Patreon, where for $5 a month, you can get access to over 70 bonus episodes. And for $2 a month, you can get access to over 25 bonus episodes. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Bye. Bye.